0: two zero two four cff i can't wait to see you there welcome to biz help for you with host candy messer entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture like profitability, success, and a smooth-running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show three easy steps from clutter to cash flow informative if you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show links can be found on our youtube and facebook pages as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms if you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded please like and subscribe and if there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have please feel free to reach out to me at media at abnp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Deidre Shen is founder and CEO of Show Software that helps entrepreneurs take the difficulty out of content creation. She's also the creator of Viralocity Marketing, author of The Traffic Formula and host of The Remarkable Entrepreneur and The Remarkable Entrepreneur's Playbook podcast. She's a serial entrepreneur having founded and led seven businesses across five industries in the last nine years and has navigated the entire spectrum of experiences and emotions, the good, the bad, and the ugly that come with starting, running and closing businesses. With her hands-on experience in successfully growing her businesses to six and seven figures, she now coaches and works hands-on with entrepreneurs to turn followers into buyers while only spending two hours a week on social media. So Deidre, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Candy. (laughs) I'm
1: so glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Sure. Well, I'm looking forward to this topic. Um, But before we get into questions that I have for you, I would love for you to share a little bit more about your background and your entrepreneurial journey.
1: Yeah, for sure. Gosh. Um, So I started in entrepreneurship almost a decade ago now. Uh, I was uh, young, naive, you know, just as we a lot of us are, um, kind of went through my, you know, it's funny, we were always laughing back then about this quarter life crisis that we were all going through. And so I went through that and yeah, decided that, you know, corporate was going to be for me, I was in banking at the time. Uh, my husband uh, was actually studying medicine, but he was miserable. He hated it and he found a love yeah. of cooking and particularly baking. Uh, and we just decided to open our first business As It was a dessert bar. It was in hospitality, which um, is a tough, tough business. Hospitality is a tough business to start in, but, and we had no background in it whatsoever. So it was one of those like head first, just dive in, did not know what we were doing and had to figure it all out on the way, um, along the way. So it was tough Uh, and we did eventually, you know, go through the struggles, like a lot of entrepreneurs do, and we grew that brand to five locations and then kind of fast forward that was uh probably oh gosh five four or five years into it um we found out that one of our store managers of our busiest store um in the city was had been stealing from us um and oh, no. you know we're talking, yeah like a lot of money like hundreds of thousands of dollars and it was kind of one of those uh moments where obviously i would not wish that upon anyone and i it, you know, it wasn't great going through it myself, but um, it almost was the catalyst that we needed to actually rethink where we were, um, what we were doing, what we wanted to be doing, all of those things. So we made the, well, I kind of made almost a snap decision to be, because I've always wanted to explore the, I love exploring the world and I wanted to live and work overseas. And so I was like, you know what, we're just, let's just move to New York. We're just going to do it. <laughs> I don't know how and where, all of that, but we're just going to do it. Uh, and. So we made the decision. I was, funnily enough, at the time I was actually working on another business idea. It was in fashion technology with another co-founder, not my husband. This was someone different that I'd met actually in corporate, and uh, we were working on this idea. And when I raised to her, when I brought up with her that we were we'd made this decision to move to the other side of the world, we you know we we're trying to talk through how we're going to make it work and you know show sure that we can. And by the end, I was just like, "Do you just want to come with us?" You know, like. Yeah, and uh, what better part of the world than New York to explore the intersection of fashion and technology? And so she did. And so <laughs> I came to New York City with my husband, my cat, and my co-founder in tow. And um, so that was, gosh, almost three years ago now. And uh, since then, we uh, we tested that idea, decided to fail it. We fell into um, actually agency work in uh, for e-com, e-commerce business owners. And from there, we decided to, instead of focusing on scaling an agency business, we decided to actually focus on um, coaching um, sort of new entrepreneurs start wanting to get into e-commerce. And then from there in, you know, with my own struggles and seeing my clients' struggles with social media, uh, the idea for Capture was born and we literally launched the uh, MVP of that end of last year uh, and it's we've gotten some really great feedback some really great reception and literally now we are going all in we've just brought on a chief technology officer we've just hired our first full-time developer it's kind of all guns blazing so yeah there's lots of exciting things happening <laughs>
0: So well, it's always interesting to hear, you know, where people have kind of come from and where they are now, because it gives some insight into why, you know, they're experts in their fields. And so from what you have learned in your past as well, what would you say are some of the common misconceptions that entrepreneurs have about growing a business?
1: Oh gosh, uh, where do I start? There's so many. Okay. So if I even talk about my own experience, um, you know, back then my, my naivety about how easy, you know, I put that in the inverted commas, mm-hmm. it is to start and grow a business. Um, right. I I think we all do this. Um, so I don't think I'm alone when I say this, but I definitely, my first business, I thought that once I built it, that they would come. Right. So that's mm-hmm. a very, I think, very common misconception because, and we can't help it because we, we've fallen in love with our product, our offer, you know, whatever it is that we're offering we're in love with it, obviously, because otherwise why would we think, you know, other people want it? Uh, So it's totally understandable, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, and it's, but it's a hard thing to not fall into the trap of either, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. even as someone who has, had several businesses, sometimes I'm like, I get so excited about an idea. And I'm like, again, I fall into the, I'm just going to build it and they will come. So it's become, it's kind of, um, one of those things where I've had to definitely sort of step back time and time again and just go, okay, how do I slow this down? How do I make intelligent decisions? Um, and that's hopefully what I've gotten a lot better at doing, which is how do I let the data drive me, um, around right. making those decisions. So I think that's the thing. It's like, it's, yeah, a common misconception is, you know, build and they will come. I think any of us who've been in business long enough knows that that's not the case. Um, And yeah, you've got to rely on data. You've got to use the data Mm -hmm. to guide you with your decisions.
0: Right. Well, and I think also too is really poor planning sometimes goes into that because again, you think, like you say, I'm going to build it, they're going to come and they think the money is just going to stream in and they don't plan for the challenges and how expensive it is actually to be to start a business and things like that, too. So I think from my experience in helping people, uh, you know, really look at their numbers and what they need to do, uh, sometimes people have goals that are more lofty than are, you know, realistic. So (laughs) I agree with you, too, in terms of the build it, they will come doesn't really work much of the time.
1: You have to work hard (laughs)
0: to get the word out.
1: And it's really interesting that you say that actually, because I think, you know, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I'm not sure, um, a lot of, you know, marketers and people who own online businesses, you know, they try to make it sound so easy, like mm-hmm. doing, it's like so easy and they have to write in their marketing and things like that, because otherwise, why would you want to buy into whatever right. it is that they're selling? <laughs> um, but that's the other thing too, a really common misconception is just like, no one has become an overnight success. Like it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people who have built their business, for example, on off the back of ads when they were doing really well are kind of now on a little in a little bit of struggle street because they're just not, you know, ads are just they're not getting the cost per lease that they were before. Right. Um, so I think that's also another misconception is kind of like how do you see through <laughs> almost the hype of, oh, it's really easy to start and grow and you know, of a business. See through it enough to know what would work, what could work for you and how long that might actually take to work for you versus thinking that yeah okay cool I just buy this thing and immediately I'm successful. <laughs> right.
0: Exactly. Well, tell us a little bit more about your company Viralocity Marketing and you know what is it and you know what are the services basically and what could entrepreneurs do to use that implement it in their business.
1: Yeah. So, uh, it's really interesting because when I was, when I came up with the term viral lossy marketing, it was very much centered on, on content creation, but the more that I was working with, you know, clients and coming up with more and more of my own, uh, refining more of my thinking, uh, it's probably, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit more, it's much more than that, actually. So I kind of, um, chunk it down to three main components that make up viral lossy marketing. Um, it's all about data, which I've mentioned because without the data, you kind of, groping in the dark <laughs> um, I, stories as well um you know it's it's really really important that as entrepreneurs especially ones uh a lot of us are operating saturated markets uh, and we need to build our own credibility our own authority we need to in order to do that we need to bring our stories to find that's the only you know I, I get asked time and time again well what what can differentiate me from you know xyz competitor and it's like well you you're the person Mm -hmm. that ultimately people are going to be buying into. So you have to, you have to lead with your stories. So the second part. And the third part is um systems, because you know, I, I I love this quote from James Clear, uh, but you know, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. So it's so hmm. incredibly important that we have those three working in tandem whenever we're thinking mm-hmm. about our marketing. Um, so that's overall like you know what viral lossy marketing is. It's kind of an experimental, heart-centered approach to rapidly converting followers into buyers. Um, and then the makeup of that, I call it the viral formula, um, pretty simple. It's messaging, content, traffic, and I call it lead attracting conversion events. So lace, mm-hmm. um, but you know, other people might call it just a conversion event or a launch, or I dunno, so, you know, you can give it, you know, but really the, the purpose of that is something that not only attract attracts your dream buyers, but actually also converts them at the same time. So those four things, messages, messaging, content, traffic. LACE, um, lead attracting and measurement, those are the four um, fundamental components of biolossy marketing. Right.
0: And so we were going to talk about a lot today too on the content creation, right? Because that's where a lot of people get stuck and they're not sure what they should even be sharing. So would you coach someone to say, well, really write your own original content? Would you say, you know, maybe if you're not comfortable with what you're going to say, take ideas from someone else, or maybe even share articles from other people, like what would you tell somebody if they really want to start sharing information, but they're not sure what to do?
1: Yeah, so I would generally always start with you. As the person because that's you know what i always come back to so there's a few ways that uh we can do this so as you were as you're asking a question i'm like oh gosh there's so many parts i could go down okay so let me try to break <laughs> this down as simply as possible um so yes i do i do believe in um curating content as well because that's a very viable you know because you want to be useful any way you can bring value to your audience is going to be helpful for you and helpful for them and curating content a lot of times is going to be super valuable okay so Um, that's kind of, so yes, you can start there. Would I say only do that? Of course not, (laughs) because you also need to have your own voice, right? You also need to have, um, and you need to start to come up with your own frameworks or you know ways of thinking um, that you can start to build your own audience around. And the only way that you can do that is, as I said, through telling your stories, um, because it's through your stories and through your experiences that you actually create connection with your audience. Uh, so how do we do that and how do we do that in an easy way? Uh, so I kind of have a bit of a system that I go through now. I have a virtual assistant that helps me with this. So. You know, the whole purpose is that I can only, I only have to spend two hours a week on social media activities. But even if you don't have a virtual assistant, this is kind of the process that you can go through uh, to make it really simple for you. So I start with something that I call content hacking, which is um, I'll go to, um, I'll find other pages, accounts, uh, et cetera, that I hypothesize my dreamiest buyers are also following. Uh, So that's important, right? Because you want to ensure that you're kind of looking at um, content that your you want your fault you want to be seeing that your potential buyers are actually following and engaging with you want to be looking modeling that so i find um pages and um that they're they're following as well and i try to find content that they are engaging with so what's high performing content that's um on on those pages and then i use that as inspiration a starting inspiration for actually more so my creatives Uh, so if i can see for example, um, for example, Simon Sinek was, you know, he always does this thing where he shares a quote on and it's a carousel post and he does like different, it's on different back, color backgrounds. So we have started using, you know, we've used that as inspiration to, again, our own quotes, our own colors, things like that. But you can see the concept is kind of, you know, it's drawing from um, that inspiration. So, so I content hack from a graphic perspective. So if anyone is ever stuck on, oh, I don't know what, image or reel or quote, post or whatever to do, content hacking, I always fall back to content hacking. Um, so that's the creative piece. And then on the caption piece, I mean, that's kind of why we came up with this software capture. Uh, we knew that we wanted to share our stories. My clients knew that they needed to share their stories, but time and time again, they were like, (laughs) I get a DJ, but I just don't know how I just, it's, it's hard it's you know it's difficult i don't know where to start all those things so we actually came up with a software that you put your stories into it and it will actually create a bank of captions so short form captions hmm. of the back of it so you can just copy and paste it out you know put it into um, onto your post so that's a really really simple way and it gives you prompts it gives you it's basically um another client was saying it's kind of a merging of mad libs and journaling <laughs> like you you know so you get all the prompts, and all yeah it makes it super easy for you to just you know almost fill in the blanks in a way and then mm. yeah at the back of it you get really really great quality content that's based on your stories um so that's a caption part of it and then basically it's really about tracking after that it's like put things out there and just see what it is that your audience engages with your your dreamiest audience by the way um, because sometimes we can get we can look at the metrics and be like oh this thing went really well but are they actually the people you want to be right you know magnetizing Um, so that's the other thing that you have to keep an eye on is are you actually creating content for the sake of creating content to get you know the high follower numbers or metrics or whatever or yes right. create content that's valuable to your potential buyers um mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of the process that i go through
0: nice well and i think it's so hard for entrepreneurs i mean they're wearing so many hats they have so many things they have to be doing and yes putting content out there is important but they're like oh that's just one more thing you know i have to do and then you know now what should I be on? Should I be on LinkedIn or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or, you know, there's so many out there. So what would you tell someone who maybe has been doing this for a bit and is struggling and not really getting a lot of engagement, or maybe they're thinking they need to do something and they haven't figured out yet where they need to be? Like, what would you coach them on how to get started and what they should be doing?
1: Yeah. So I think, uh, This is a really great question, actually, because um, I've been thinking a lot about this myself, given, you know, more and more everyone is probably Mm -hmm. hearing that they need to be on TikTok, for example, like Mm -hmm. TikTok's where it's at, that's, you know, and then you're kind of like hearing, you know, and, you know, we have TikTok coaches and stuff saying, oh, you know, your audience is on there. Now, so I definitely believe that the starting point has to be where are your audience, right? And and not only where are they, as in like, do they have a page or profile, but where are they actually spending time? Because um, mm-hmm. more and more, you know, like, I think there is a little bit of fatigue around, well, ugh, like I used to love this platform and I'm kind of, I, I'm a little bit over it. So if you can kind of almost tap into are your audience like where because they're, they're somewhere right? They're, right they're spending their time somewhere you just have to go find where that place is there's no point either um beating a dead horse if you know they're just never gonna they're just not active on there or there's also no point at the same time trying to chase a shiny object just because you know you think you you kind of have a little bit of fomo right you kind of you kind of fear right. of missing out on this you know so you know you have to be really smart in this way it's like be really intelligent follow the data comes in now so when i say so i um i still lean back on some of the sort of tried and proven platforms like instagram um and just it's just that my strategy has changed slightly so yeah you have to put out content you have to put out good quality content because that's how you build your credibility that's how you get visible but how do you be more intentional about because a lot of times we just kind of put content out there and we sit back and we just assume, or we hope that people are going to find us and we, that it's going to, they're going to stumble across us. The thing is that the platform will never actually want to, I shouldn't say it that way. They're they're not there to help you personally, right? Like that's just not what they're there to do. Um, They're there to help people who are helping them. (laughs) Um, Uh And so that means that if you can kind of, tap into what is their strategy and then weave your like your own work process into that. So what I mean by that is social media, they want you to create good quality content, which is why I'm always such a fan of looking at your engagement metrics, because that's what's going to tell you if you have good quality content. And they also want you to be social. So how do you go out and you actually start being social? Um, And it's hard for a lot of us. I mean, I'm an introvert. so I hate having to be like oh i have got to be that person that's like engaging and unfortunately if you want to have any success on social media you're gonna have to kind of you know put yourself out there you're gonna have to start engaging you're gonna have to start reaching out to to people um and use the platform for what it's you know kind of almost (laughs) been designed to do um so that's kind of like if you're thinking for me how i think about uh, something like instagram or facebook um kind of like a big like a blue chip type platform. Now, if we talk about TikTok, like what I would recommend for people is I get it, like I get the whole phone thing. I mean, I am on TikTok as well, um, but I can afford to be because I have VAs helping me. Like they do a lot of the heavy lifting for me. Um, so, but if you're on your own and you don't have the time and you're stretched, like there's no point in you trying to learn a new platform and get on there just because. The internet is telling you, you have to be on there. Because right. again, it's just all vanity metrics you're after. Again, right? It's mm. like, oh, okay, well, if I can go viral. I can get, you know, tens of thousands, a hundred of thousands of people see my thing. But it's like, again, how good quality are they actually? People right. are just chasing the vanity metrics and actually chasing, you know, their people, their audience. So um, I'm not saying don't get on TikTok, by the way. I'm just saying think, you know, it's because everything's time or money, right? Like, right. If you have more money to get resources and support to help you be on multiple platforms, awesome. You should be like, for sure. If you don't, and you only have your time, you have to be really, really, you know, like you have to protect your time. And so where is the best use of that time? It's just going to be where your audience is. Mm -hmm.
0: So obviously you said you're spending, you know, two hours a week on social media because you have virtual assistants. And if somebody is saying, well, I can't, you know, do that right now, it's not in the budget, you know, I have to do it myself, how much time then do you think they should be spending on social media? And how much of that is content creation versus maybe trying to respond or engage to people? Hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, they're getting some engagement. That's a whole other topic is, you know, how do we get people even to engage? But what would you tell somebody like how much time really should they be spending on a weekly basis?
1: Yeah. Great question again. So the first thing I would say is um, I know that we think that a virtual assistant. I mean, I use offshore virtual assistants, and they, they are very, very cost effective. So I think a lot of people are. It's actually within the budget for a lot more people than they they might mm-hmm. think. So I definitely explore that path um, anyway, just to get a, a, an idea, a feel, and then you can sort of decide if it's if it is or it's not for you. Okay, but in terms of like if you were just to do it on your own. Um, you know you want to you want to really uh i I always want to like use the least amount of time on content creation as possible (laughs) um because as i said content creation yes it's important but it's not going to be the the thing the thing that makes or that makes your business. Um, So if you can find a system where, as I said, content hack, um, have a really like, you know, learn things like Enval, learn things like, um, you know, filters, things like that, that make it just really easy for you to like, for example, edit an image really quickly and on the fly, uh, put together a graphic really quickly and on the fly, you really want to be spending like, gosh, 20%, less than 20% of your time, your total time that you want to dedicate to social media on content creation. because you really do want to spend the bulk of it on actually being social, like reaching out to people, um, engaging with them, engage, having them engage back with you. Like we found that our, the engagement on our posts have actually increased dramatically since we've started, I call it engagement growth hacking, um, which is like being really intent, intentful around engaging um, before and after I, we do a post for example. So, you know, you want to be thinking about how can you, how can you actually, you know, um, use the out, like use the platform's, uh, powers. I'm trying to uh, like the platform powers in a way that can help you in, like in the best way possible. So that's what I'm constantly thinking about. Is like, oh, okay. So they want us to be engaging. They want us to be, you know, how can I actually get myself, doing more of these things intentionally. Um, So you want to be thinking about that. And yeah, and then I do, I mean, I do a lot of outreach as well. Um, Like, apart from engaging, you do, you want to put yourself like you have to put yourself in front of your potential dreamiest buyers Um, otherwise, because otherwise you're just leaving it to chance, right? You're leaving it to hope that they're going to find you somehow. Like, why do that when you can just put yourself out there? It will feel really awkward. It might feel not comfortable totally like, and I'm not saying that it's easy, but once you get into the habit and you start to take yourself out of it, because if you have truly good content, if you truly stand behind your message and you truly stand behind what it is that you do, then you're gonna wanna shout about it from the rooftops. Hmm. And that means that you're gonna wanna actually, yeah, get in front of people and be like, hey, like, I love what you're doing. Like, if you have a sec, come check me out. I mean, not in those words, but you know, like that's the kind of the, okay. the tone uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like, let's, you know, let's, yeah, let's see, if, you know, where we'd be awesome together. I don't know, in, in depending right. on what you do, um, but yeah. So, cause that's the thing, like more and more, it's like, let's not leave it to chance. I think that's, you know, the thing that I've just almost been my mantra more and more. Like mm-hmm. when you're trying to grow a business especially online, you cannot leave these things to chance. Um, You have to put in the work, you know, you call it the hustle. Hustle isn't about time. Hustle is just being smart about like where you actually spend that time Um, and so spend it on things that, yeah, is actually going to get you in front of your dreamies buyers.
0: And I've heard a lot that people should be doing like live videos so people can engage with them that way, too, rather than just posting a recorded video or, you know, a blog or, or whatever um and sometimes that's hard or sometimes people are afraid to be in front of the camera live because what if i make a mistake or you know yeah. something like that so what would you say to somebody who again is thinking they need to be doing certain things on social media they're not sure exactly what they should be doing and do they have to go live is it okay to just post something you know that's not them on video you know what would
1: you say yeah and this is why i always like i always um come back to being intentional, um, again, mm-hmm. going live. Yeah. Look, if people who are comfortable with that. Totally. Right. You, you want to be leveraging every, almost all of the features that you can on these platforms, mm-hmm. but if you're not comfortable with it, then, you know, how else, because I guess the purpose of going live is that it helps the platform, you know, kind of try to s- spread you out a little bit more, try to put you front of more people. If you're not comfortable with that, doing that again, how can you get yourself, in front of those people right. anyway, you know what I mean? So either way, the outcome's the same, right? The outcome is you want to get in front of more people and you want them to see the value that you can provide. So I, I, I'm i a big advocate for going live, but I'm, I also know that it's not easy. Um, and it's, you mm-hmm. know, as you said, it's there's a lot of time, there's a lot of things that go into it. So if you can't do that, then what's the alternative? What, how else, if the results the same, the outcome's the same, which is, I want to get in front of more people, what else can you do to deliberately get yourself in front of more people if you don't want to do a live, for example? So that's how I but, always think about it It's a trade off.
0: All right. So if you're terrified to do it, you might not be consistent, right? So it might be better to just do something else that you'll be more consistent at than maybe hit or miss, you know, and maybe I'll do a live and maybe I won't.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So what about analytics Too, you talked, you know, a little bit about that and, you know, making sure that you've got content people are going to engage with and you've got the right people that are engaging. Yes, you have a viral video, but you haven't attracted really your ideal customer. So can you really talk about that and explaining even what the terms mean when they're looking at analytics? Because I know sometimes people look at it and they're like, what's an impression? What's you know, what's the difference between, you know, organic reach and, you know, different things. So I think that's very confusing for people
1: yeah okay cool awesome um so i kind of look at it uh there's i guess there's a lot of metrics that you can be looking at but i'll try to just stick to the most uh (laughs) uh, the important ones so i think i mentioned um that engagement is for for me going to be one of the most important ones the reason why is because engagement is actually um, an indicator of the quality of your content um and you want to have high quality content because Again, as I said, you know, that's what the social media platforms want. Um, Mm -hmm. But apart from that, when you have people engage with you on your content, then it tells the platform, tells the algorithm that, hey, I want to see more of this person's or this person's things, which means that it's kind of a self-fulfilling, you know, cycle in a way. Uh, It's like machine, you know. So you want to be always thinking about how can you increase engagement? um if we step back from that in terms of like your two-point impression or or reach that that's really who um the platform is getting you in front of so it could be either on the explore page and i'm talking about instagram um right now but it could be the explore page it could be on their um their home feed so as they're scrolling um so those are all impressions it could be when they're searching a hashtag things like that um so that is important um in to an extent i would i actually don't spend I advise my clients not to spend a lot of time on this. It's important to know what it is, uh, but I I always say don't spend a lot of time on this because it's not really something that you can meaningfully control. I mean, yeah, you Mm -hmm. could like do tons and tons and tons of research and hours just trying to find the right hashtags, but ultimately, because we've tested this, like I've been looking at our data like week on week, like we are so you know structured with how we do this, and using the same like it's never consistent. You might do really well with a block of hashtags, and then the next day it just like falls off a cliff, and so that's why I'm like, okay, do I? I want to know what those numbers are, but if I can't really control them, like it it kind of is what it is, right? Um, whereas things like engagement, you can have a little bit more control over. Even things like um, then your uh, your your number of followers. Um, you can slightly you can slightly control you have control over and that really comes down to you know is your bio compelling is your content compelling uh, and are you actually as I said getting putting yourself in front of the right people and I don't mean relying on the platform to put you in front of the right people but are right. you intentionally putting yourself in front of the right people? Um, so that's kind of like so engagement is what I is the main thing that I would will, will track. Um, impressions and reach, like interesting, but I wouldn't really, you know, um, <laughs> be too, too cut up about that. And then the number of quality followers. So I, I think I said followers, but I actually mean quality followers. You want to make sure that the people who are following you are actually your ideal, ideal client, because if that's the case and you get, you can increase the number of quality leads that you're getting in. So that's kind of how I think about the main metrics. And is engagement
0: considered just someone clicks a like button, you know, or a heart button, or do they need to leave a comment or like, what's considered really engagement?
1: Yeah. So it is any of the above. I mean, obviously you want them to be leaving a comment. Like that's the best, that's kind of like highest fidelity of engagement. Um, but at the same time, even if, you know, they do like it or they save it or they share it, I mean, those are still, you know, signals to the platform Mm -hmm. that, Hey, this person has good content. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I think the key is just trying to get that engagement it's sometimes it feels difficult to really have where people are taking the time. And again, I know it comes back to like content you're sharing and, you know, but do you recommend maybe sometimes just asking questions rather than just posting, like, here's, you know, a tip that I want to share, like, what would you say to kind of drive that engagement that they should be doing?
1: yeah for sure so um this is where uh yeah we can talk through almost okay so <laughs> your creative is going to be the thing that stops the scroll um so you know we talked about impressions and things like that when people are on their home feed and you know they're scrolling through you you want your creative to stand out enough for them to stop and be like oh i wonder what this is about and then you have the first line of your caption. And that's kind of what we call the hook. Uh, if you don't have something compelling there, then they're not going to want to click on them more, they won't care about what you have to say in the rest of it. <laughs> so, you know, have a, have a great graphic. That's why I always do the content hacking because it's like, okay, well, someone else has kind of proven that model. I can use that as inspiration for, you know, a hypothesis, a hypothesis I have about stopping the scroll with this and then create a hook and then and then tell your story a story and then yeah, you want to call it some kind of call to action. Um, asking a question is great as long as the very um, low uh like fidelity question i would say you know so if you're trying if you're asking someone to bear their soul <laughs> like right. that's not, you know, that's very different to um drop a heart or you know like if you agree you know so you want to try to make it as low fidelity as possible and keep testing that um, some mm-hmm. people actually do have a lot of success asking high fidelity because their audience their content just it's just much more geared towards that. And that's awesome. Um, So you wanna test whether, you know, that's the same for you and your business, or is it gonna be more like snappy, like just say, type yes to a firm or like, you know, whatever, you know? (laughs) So so you you always wanna be testing. Hmm. Perfect.
0: Um, Now that you said testing, too, I would love to ask just like one more question. I know we're getting close to the end, but I have also heard before that you can test different things to see what does better. So how would you recommend someone actually do that to see what's going to perform better?
1: Yeah. So um, we're always you always want to be thinking about. kind of almost what I went through, like those are almost the different variables, right? So you've got your creative, you have your hook, you have your story, and then you have your call to action. Um mm-hmm. And you always only want to be trying to change one variable at a time. So whichever variable you're testing, that's almost kind of what you want to be, um, you, you want to be changing. So if your hypothesis is that people aren't even getting to your story and your call to action because the hook, isn't compelling enough then that's what you want to be testing like can you test different hooks to see okay this one is what actually got people engaging more because they actually made it to the end versus this one that people didn't even want to bother reading more about um you know it's the same with with your graphics like if you know like test those side side by side, I say in, in inverted commas. Um, but you know, which one is going to stop the scroll more. And you know, that's really great to then look at your impression number for if, you, if you are doing that test, because that's what, what's going to tell you is the thing that stopped the scroll more. Um, so yes, that's how I think about testing is like one variable at a time. Perfect. Well, I know, like I said, we're getting close to
0: the end of the show. So, is there anything else you want to share with the listener that maybe I didn't ask? You know, the question that would help them really determine what they need to be doing for their content creation, implementing it on social media, anything like that.
1: Oh wow! I mean, I could probably go on forever (laughs) about this topic. So, I don't think we have enough time for that. But you know, like if if you want to reach out to me, I'm super happy to have a chat, a further chat about. Any specific questions that maybe your audience has um, about their own social media activities. Uh, So, yeah, super happy to do that. Okay, perfect. So, do you have
0: an offer then that you want to extend to our listeners? Besides yeah, well, the actually, just call, you know. <laughs> yeah, just call, yeah. Just 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 speak to me.
1: Um, well, we are actually doing a free three day accelerator. So it's called Get Know and Get Leads um Accelerator. Uh, and it's actually happening um, yeah, very soon, which is super cool. And it's uh you can sign up for that at www.capshowunlocked.com slash get leads. Uh so yeah, everyone's welcome to join that. It's free.
0: Okay. Per, and do you do that like multiple times a year or is it just like a one time?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we'll be doing that multiple times for sure. Yeah. Okay, so every perfect.
0: time you go there, you'll be able to get into the next one. Great. Okay. So how can our listeners connect with you if they want to reach out?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm on social media platforms. Uh, I My full name, Deidre Shen. That's D-E-I-R-D-R-E-T-S-H-I-E-N. Um, and you can also, I do have uh, a um website as well that's com. so you can get in touch with me by there or you can even just see what i'm about and what we do um, but yeah definitely i'd love for you to reach out
0: perfect well thank you deidre for being a guest on my show and sharing you know your expertise in this area i really appreciate it
1: yeah well thank you so much for having me on
0: hmm I do also want to thank the listeners for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about how to take the difficulty out of your content creation. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Deidre at the links that she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. Would you please also share our show information with those you know? I'd greatly appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic eight tips for building confidence in sales. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And you can also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week.
1: thank you for listening to biz help
0: for you please join your host candy messer again next tuesday have a
1: terrific week